Well, the Ducks had a big win on a big stage against Colorado on Saturday, and yeah, that tends to help in the recruiting world. But just how much can it help? We'll talk about that today. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. So if you have not if you have not already, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Brian Smith is here today, our Locked On Recruiting Insider. Let's hop into it, Brian. Oregon played in front of the largest television audience of anybody by just a little bit. Uh, when they played Colorado on Saturday, just over 10 million viewers was kind of the average and it beat out Ohio State Notre Dame by a little bit. What does that do for recruiting? Well, there's really no precedent for it. Um, I saw a stat that the Notre Dame Ohio State game was like the highest rated game since Notre Dame played Florida State 93 in the one versus two matchup. So that puts it in perspective like that. Those two games just killed it to be ahead of that is incredible. So hats off to everybody with Oregon and Colorado for getting that going, but how could it not help recruiting? I thought it would be good, but I didn't think it'd be a better, better than the Ohio state Notre Dame game. That those are two blue bloods that have humongous fan bases. I'm going to guess that the way they came out is more important though, because it's not the number of fans. It's which ones are watching and recruits are watching because anything Dion's associated with, they're going to watch. And they were bludgeoned at one point. I know Bud Elliott made, made this stat mention. Oregon had 400 and some odd yards of offense and Colorado had like 60 something. It was like 460 to 60. It was just something absurd. There were, there was a point in time in the game where Oregon had more points than Colorado had yards in, 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 in the first half. Like it was that sort of Colorado began the game, 18 plays for 19 yards. And for recruits watching that, Brian, I, I can see it going either way of, boy, I want to be a part of what Dan Lanning is building there in Eugene, or, hey, Coach Prime has a lot of appealing elements and he just needs a player like me. When you talk to recruits, how do they view a game like this and the way it plays out? A little bit of both from what you said. You're, you're astute to mention that because some kids just want to be the extra guy that kind of puts the team over the top, and that would be Oregon's case. They're close to where they need to be, but not quite. In Colorado's case, it's a long way to go. They've got, I would say, five, six guys that are in there too deep that would consist outside of Shador and obviously Travis, who didn't play, that would play any significant minutes for the Ducks. It's just true. They're not even in the same stratosphere, especially on defense. They don't have the defensive linemen they need. They just don't. And they got beat up so bad up front. It was second and five anytime Oregon wanted it to be second and five. You give a senior quarterback like Bo Nix that, so the Oregon recruits are going to be like, man, can I jump on this? Yeah. But Dan has to convince kids you may not play quite as much as if you went to Colorado, but you're going to win. Where Dion's like, look, bro, you're going to play now. It just depends on the kid. Uh, everybody's got their own perspective. Uh, Dion's recruiting okay, but they're not, they're not killing it 
they have to do portal for another year or two. Uh, it's hard to get kids to go to Colorado. It's not exactly the easiest place. And Oregon's used to that, but at least Oregon's right next to California. And they, they kill it in that state. So I think the Ducks are going to really make some hay with this. And that's why I texted you earlier, like, in a week or so, we'll have more data. But right now, I just think it's going to help them. But about another week, we're going to know a lot more. Yeah, there was a big visitor list at uh, the game. Plenty of 2024 mm-hmm. kids who have already committed to the Ducks. Guys like Dakota Fields, Fox Crater. Uh, there were others. Jeremiah McClellan, the wide receiver commit to Ohio yeah. State. He was at the game. I mean, it was quite the... Quite, quite the game to be able to watch. I mean, if you're going to you know, talk about a flip down the line, that's certainly the sort of impression you'd want to make. But Ohio State is wide receiver U. I'm not anticipating that that, that comes to fruition uh, necessarily. But if, if you're looking at you know, the lineup that they had, and there were you know, 15, 20 kids, I think, in, in total, and maybe about 8 to 10 of them have, have already committed to the Ducks. For, for those kids, Brian, are, are, is, is that just them – being able to double down on, yeah, Oregon is the place I want to be. This is what I want to be a part of, seeing the stadium, the way the team played, seeing shout between the third and fourth quarters. Like, is that really what those kids who have already verbally committed to the Ducks take away from it? I think that's part of it. I think it's just fun. I mean, there aren't many places that are better than Outson Stadium for a college football atmosphere. I'm sure as a Ducks fan, you'll agree with that. I, I do agree but with I've that always- sentiment, yes. <laughs> good for you but uh, i've never even been to a ducks game but it's obvious i mean they, it's really loud the people are into it it's part of the culture of the state of oregon all of that is cool why would you not go and it's a free ticket too i mean you get to go to that game for free and get a good seat hang out talk to people i think it's more the entertainment than anything at this point for landing just to be clear for landing and his staff the number one reason is you want to build bonds and all that but the, the hidden reason is if they're here, they can't be somewhere else. That's just true, too, because everybody's trying to pluck somebody else's recruits. I mean, it's that that never changes. So it works out well for Oregon on, on all fronts. One thing that didn't work out as well on the recruiting front for Oregon is Brandon Baker, number one offensive tackle in the class from modern day. He ends up choosing Texas. Oregon was in the mix. Nebraska was in the mix. Ohio State kind of got in the fold, but not as much. Oregon's recruited, and they're not done recruiting at Modern Day. We'll talk about his five-star teammate in in just a moment uh, as well. But uh, what what can you tell us about Brandon Baker and Oregon? You know, still going after those five stars in 2024. Haven't been able to land one just yet. Of course, I, I think our inclination should be to trust landing and company on building a roster based on the team they've put together here for for 2023. But Baker was a guy that that they wanted. Do you have anything on why he ended up choosing Texas? I think part of it is just Texas is really good right now. I mean, they beat Alabama, man. That carries a lot of cachet. <laughs> so I get it. I mean, it's not a typical Alabama team, but when was the last time Alabama lost by 10 at home? I mean, it's I been, a, don't it's even been a long time. That's what I mean. Like, do you think that Texas sent a few mailers out about that? Do you think a few text messages might – would you have, if you were a head coach or an assistant at Texas, maybe have mentioned that to Brandon Baker? Like they just have a lot of advantages and it is Texas. I know Oregon fans probably hate Texas, it's, you know, for a lot of reasons, but it's not very hard to recruit there. I think I it's know, we beat them in the down. Alamo Bowl years ago. They haven't, they haven't been as relevant as Oregon in the last 10 years. I don't know if we have like a, a specific reason to say I can't stand Texas or anything like that. 
it's just because they get so much attention because they make the media a lot of money because they have the biggest freaking fan base. Well, it's not like, it's still not anything like Colorado. Like there has definitely been a hype machine for That's Texas weird. over the years that has bugged the me Colorado from time to time. The Colorado thing is weird. The, the Colorado thing is, is over the top. Well, it's because like Dion is such a polarizing figure. Mm-hmm. Like the likes of which we haven't seen. And he's also not, he's not new, you know, like he's been a part of the American sports conversation. For 35 years. For 35 yeah. For a, for a long, long Almost time. 40. And now he's going into a world of, of coaching that has a lot of history, tradition, power, influence amongst other coaches that they care about. And he is a disruptor in that space. And that in turn, gets people riled up on, on, on one side or the other. But I mean, it's, inter- I mean, it helped Oregon, by the way, let me make that very clear. Like a hundred percent Oregon, Colorado yeah, he brought them attention. They wouldn't have got otherwise. 100%. And that's why we're talking about it on today's show. Like there's a benefit to beating Colorado like that on TV. Yeah. It helps in your national perception. Oregon went up a slot in the AP poll because Colorado was ranked. We beat them that badly. Everybody was watching, but it helps with the visibility because guess what? Colorado's the hottest name in college sports. You go out and drub them 42 to six. And guess what? You get on people's radar. And as you've talked about many times before, Oregon knows how to have kids on uh, for a visit. One that we would like to see get on a visit and then commit to the Ducks is Aiden Breland, Brandon Baker's teammate. Brian's going to give us an update on that. But if you miss something at the grocery store, as I do regularly, like I forgot the Parmesan cheese the other that, day. By the way. <laughs> I, I, I forgot the Parmesan cheese. I, it, was, it was on my list and I just, I just forgot. But guess what? Now DoorDash Grocery is there to help you out to get something that you forgot or just get your groceries delivered. If you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door, DoorDash DoorDash Grocery Delivery is there for you. You can stock up on last-minute cravings or stock up for the week, whatever you want. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, let's keep rolling here with Brian Smith, our Locked On Recruiting Insider. Oregon's still chasing that first five-star in 2024. It's still the number number 12 class in the country without it. So it's not as if there's a lack of talent in in that class on both sides of the ball. But Aiden Breland is kind of the next five-star name that Oregon fans who are you know talking about recruiting, which a lot of us are, are following here. One of the top defensive linemen in, in the class, an interior guy from modern day. Oregon's kind of been in this running for, for a while. What is the latest on, on Mr. Breland? He recently went to Athens, Georgia to see the dogs for an unofficial. And like I told you, follow what the kids do, not what they say. Uh, and his recruitment, he's not exactly talking to a ton of people anyway. But now the question is very simple. Does Oregon get him back on campus this fall? It's If they do not, they're not getting it. I, I would bet heavily on that. You would think they would, but at the same time, you got to see it. You usually go and sign where you've taken the most visits or at least close to it. And the ones closer to signing day can be telling. Um, I don't know his schedule, 
but obviously Miami's another possibility, but that's another school across the country. That's going to be hard for them, I would imagine. I think it's going to be Oregon or Georgia, and it's going to come down to whether or not they can get him back up there. And Oregon's recruiting forever. So I don't I don't think there's a lot more to see. It's just he's talked to every coach forever because everybody knew about him for years. This is a special player. So he just went to Georgia. Oregon needs to counter and get him back up to Eugene. Yeah, and with with, with Breland, he's a guy who would join, you know, a, 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 a slew of talented defensive line commits, not just from 2023, but in 2024 as well. Guys like uh, Zadavian Sims for, for next year's class and, and the like. And there are certainly several other names that, that are in there. But I, I think if Oregon were to land him, he would certainly be kind of the headline recruit of the, the 2024 class. Because anytime you get a five-star, it's going to be kind of the headline Thank recruit. You. Because those are oftentimes the guys who can make an impact right away. Now, it's not always that way. Jurion Dickey was a late enrollee. He hasn't had a role in the Oregon offense so far this year. Mateo Uyunglele was an early enrollee. He is a regular player and someone you basically consider a starter for the Ducks on uh, their defense this year. But then Tatum Tuioti was a three-star recruit in a lot of places. He's played a ton. Blake Purchase was a four-star. He's played a ton. So, I mean, it depends. It, it, it certainly depends, but Oregon's going to have a lot of rotation on the defensive line from this year to next year. So if Breland were to come in, I think he'd have the chance to play right away. There would be guys ahead of him from an experience standpoint, but he, he is a, a really, really special talent. And I think if you're talking about when Oregon can get him on campus again, Brian, you know, we talked about this before the season uh, on, on the recruiting front. The Ducks don't have a home game now until know, Washington State. Yeah, That's so they a play really random stretch. It, it's the they play so, three of their first four at home. Then they won't be at home for a full calendar month because this week Stanford. That's one week. Second week bye week. Third week Washington, and then the fourth week they come back and they play Washington State. There's also the USC game. You know, if if Breland, whose timeline I think looks like it's going towards the early National Signing Day, at least in December, if that's the case. If I'm the Ducks, I'd probably look at the USC game and say, this is the most high-profile one you're going to want to be at. I mean, Game day might be there. Game yeah, day game, yeah there. game day Game day could Maybe. be there. And if you could have a recruit come for that, that would probably be sure. the ideal target for it, right? That's an automatic. Like, you don't even have to do anything besides put him on the golf cart and have some intern ride him around. Like, <laughs> like for real. Like, yeah. Like, Kids are visual. Don't make it complex. I think he has a pretty good idea what Landing's doing on the field. I'm sure he watched some of the Colorado game too. Yeah. And it's not, and we pull in all those guys. They do a good job. They need to figure out different ways now to get over the hump though and getting back on campus. The rest will take care of itself. The golf cart aside, if you get him on campus to see USC, whether they're there or not, that's cool, man. Like if he doesn't want to be a part of that, then you'd put your best foot forward. It is what it is. I mean, what else can you do? So Oregon's got a great product to sell and they got a great fan base. He's got to get him back on campus. Yeah. And if the defense continues putting up efforts like they did against Colorado, now they have, as I talked about in yesterday's show, bigger challenges ahead than the buffs. They won't be able to just maul every offensive line, but I love the way the secondary covered. So when they play Washington and USC, you put up a defensive performance that you know, is it, you're not going to hold either of those teams to six points. That's just not going to happen. But if you held them to, you know, right. 21, 24. Oh, absolutely. Then, then absolutely. you know, like that, that starts to, right. 
I think that starts <laughs> to grow the brand of, hey, Oregon is building this sort of defensive unit that that you want to be a part of. I want to get you out of here on on this on today's show, Brian, and then I have some mailbag questions I'll answer uh, to wrap up today's show. Oregon, after the Colorado game, did land a commitment uh, from a five-star defensive lineman. His name is Tony Cumberland. He is the class of 2026. Now, most of you may be checking your watch or phone to say, wait a minute, isn't today September insert whatever day you're listening to or watching this show, 2023? The answer is yes, you're correct. You have not (laughs) gone into a time machine here. This is a 2026 recruit who says his commitment or his recruitment is closed. He's committed to the Ducks. Look, I, I think that's great and everything. Consider me skeptical that Oregon is able to just stop recruiting a kid who won't actually decide until two years and three months from now is when he could sign his national letter of intent. Am I crazy for thinking that? No. I think you're crazy for many other things. This is not one of them. (laughs) Um, Your grocery list aside, look, his... His film, I went and watched it like he has no technique yet, but like you watch him, just his frame, the way he moves. If I didn't know what class he was in, I would say he's a raw three-star kid that's a senior that just needs technique. But like his frames are, but he's got two years of high school and he's 250 and yoked. Like he's way developed. He's not a kid that necessarily needs to get a whole lot bigger. He's around 250, 275. He'll be good. He'll be a strong side in three tech. He's going to be fine. But the way he changes direction, the way he bends and all that, can't teach it. So he'll be just fine. He just has to continue to get get better. They're going to have to recruit him just like he wasn't committed to answer your question because Arizona is going to recruit him, UCLA, A&M, everybody. I consider Oregon the leader. That's how I look at that. Well, that's an early contender for the best class in the country in 2026. So take that. Take that, Oregon. Take that, Oregon haters. <laughs> Brian Smith, our Locked On Recruiting Insider. He is at FB Scout underscore Florida on Twitter. Go check him out. Brian, appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. Always love having Brian on. And, and recruiting is just crazy. And you think about what it takes to prepare for an opponent each week while you are hosting kids on visits and you have to remember names. This is why this is a whole big giant staff uh, operation that is running a Power 5 football program uh, or any college football program for that matter. There are a lot of people behind the scenes. Speaking of behind the scenes, I would like to give a very special shout out and a deserved one to one Scott Anderson. So some of you might not know who Scott is, but you should know who he is which is why I'm shouting him out on the show. Scott was hired in inside the athletic department for the Ducks this year to basically put together, you know, social media content and clips and everything. I don't know exactly what his job description is. I know the most important part of it though. In each game, he has put together these like five-ish minute videos that basically recap every game with highlights and audio from the television broadcast, audio from Jerry Allen and Mike Jorgensen, which I think is great because those two are among the best in the biz, you know, to ever do it. And they have just been legends in the Oregon community and such. The audio that he picks up, the quality of the films, the intensity, the tone, the music, 
the HD shots. I mean, it, it was it was outstanding. Colorado was the best one yet. The Texas Tech one with the silver wings was outstanding as well. It's all been great. The Colorado one, if you haven't seen it, just go find it because it's phenomenal stuff. And that is a hire that is never going to make any noise. But my goodness, does that help project an image of professionalism, intensity, and commitment to the football program with the content that he's putting out there. He deserves a big shout out. So he gets one here on the show. And I know many of you have seen his work. You've probably all seen it. It's awesome. And there are people all over the country, not just Oregon fans, that have that have picked up on his videos and gone, whoa, this is good. This is really, really good. It is a high quality product. So too is the Jace case from Jace Medical. So the Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. You don't want to be caught unprepared in today's world. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace Medical is simple. Go online, fill out a form, get a prescription, life-saving medications right to your door. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics from Jace Medical by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Enter that code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your Jace case. It's time for my favorite part of every single show. The mailbag is always open. If you want priority mailbag questions, go join the Locked on Ducks subtext community. Free 14-day trial, then $5 a month after that. Not a requirement at all. The show will always be free and available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. At Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks are the Twitter handles. DMs and mentions wide open. YouTube comments a great way to get your questions answered as well. I will say sometimes the volume of comments on YouTube can be high and I can miss them or not see them or they don't show up. So if you want to be sure that you get a question in, subtext is the best way to do it. But shooting me a message on Twitter uh, is also uh, probably just a little bit more sure. But YouTube comments, I'm still going to look at those. So this from Water Bottle with two A's. Spencer, Oregon showed a flash of good defense last year against Utah at home, and it fizzled out for the rest of the season. To me, this year feels different. Great tackling, hard-hitting team, fast to the ball, and pressure everywhere. Do you think they can maintain that level of play moving forward through this schedule? Kyrie Jackson played out of his mind. Three incredible plays on the ball. Yeah, I talked about Kyrie Jackson on yesterday's show. He was one of the individual standouts, and he earned it because, you know, much like Scott Anderson deserved a shout-out, so too did Kyrie Jackson because he had an outstanding football game and looked like a lockdown corner. Now, like the rest of the team, he's going to go up against better wide receivers, but you know, Xavier Weaver and Jimmy Horn, those guys are not slouches. That was a really good passing offense that Oregon kept in check in a major way beyond what I even expected. And, and I think that that was a great sign. Now, as I also pointed out on yesterday's show and kind of just mentioned, bigger challenges lie ahead. Washington's receiving core is disgustingly good. Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, Jeremy Bernard. That is as great a four deep at the wideout position as you can possibly be. Like they're on par with Ohio State. Not close to that level. They're on par. I could argue they're above and deeper. But Marvin Harrison's the best individual receiver in the country. 
They've got Emeka Abuka as well. Their number three guy, I think, is also pretty good. Like Washington's receivers are legit. US USC has some big time receivers. Zachariah Branch, the true freshman, is explosive and a tough guy to defend. Brendan Rice is really good. Taj Washington is a good player. Mario Williams is still there. Like they have tremendous depth. I don't think they have a high-end guy like a Marvin Harrison at Ohio State or a Roma Dunze at Washington, but I, I think we can expect Oregon's defense to be improved. They are clearly capable of that because at no point last season did they look the way that they look right now defensively. So I think we can expect them to continue to play at a high level, but when we play USC and Washington, we're not holding those teams to no points in the first half. You know, USC would be the more likely of the two at home, but guess what? That's not going to happen. That's that, that's not going to happen. Colorado is a great story, not a great team. USC and Washington are great teams with great weapons and great coaches. And when you go up against those sorts of teams, they're going to score points. You have to try and limit it as much as you can. I think anything under 30 for both of those games gives us a good opportunity to win. But no, I you can't play at this level. Now, on the tackling front, yeah, Oregon can continue to tackle like they have. I mean, remember last year against Georgia, all the missed tackles and not making plays in space? I agree. Through the first four weeks, I think we've done that really, really well. That we can expect to continue at the same level that we have seen. But in terms of the coverage and, and the pressure on quarterbacks, it's not going to continue at this rate, but it still should be above what we saw uh, from from a season ago. But um, I, I agree that we're we're fast to the ball, pressure, hard hitting, like everything is there to be a better defensive unit. But those units offensively will go up against are really really good. This one from Nathan. I'm trying to figure out what we still need to learn about this team. What's your biggest question? I think it's whether we can win on the road, right? Run blocking. Can we beat a legit offense that can match us? match up with us in the trenches or maybe a question is how many teams can match up with us in the trenches so I think there are two questions that remain to be seen here uh number one can the offensive line block for the in the ground game against better front sevens now Texas Tech I think has a good front seven and they held up very well in pass protection but remember the running game was a struggle on that particular day it was not a struggle against Colorado. It was utterly dominant. We could run the ball whenever we wanted to. A second and 21 became first and 10, and all we did was hand the ball off up the middle. But that's a Colorado front seven. That's not very good. So when you go up against Washington or even USC, you go up against you know Oregon State or Utah, for instance, or Washington State, those teams are going to have much better front sevens that you have to try and block in the run game. So Though I liked what I saw against Colorado, I think that's still a question. I don't really have questions in the pass protection realm because I think Texas Tech has got a good front four and Bo Nix was not under pressure all day. You know, is the offensive line going to be as good as they were last year? Going up against, you know, the Huskies, for instance, probably not quite as good, but are they clearly capable of being 90% of what they were last year? Yeah, I, I think they are. I think the run blocking is still a question because they'll go up against better fronts, but I feel really good about them in, in pass pro. I mean, through four games, Bo Nix has been sacked, I think, just twice. It's been really, really good once again. Part of that is scheme. Part of that is Bo. And a big part of that, obviously, is uh, the offensive line. I think the other teams that on, on both sides of the ball that can match up in the trenches with Oregon, uh, you look at Washington, for sure. Oregon State offensively, 
might have the best offensive line in the league. They're certainly one of them. Um, Utah on both sides of the ball, USC with their offensive line and the Trojans defensive line is much improved, but their defense has also given up 28 points this year to San Jose state and Arizona state. And that's not great. That's, you know, they, they still, I think have some defensive questions though. They're improved. I would say the biggest challenges are, um, the Washington state defensive line, the Oregon state offensive line, and then Washington and Utah on both sides of the ball. For the Cougars, their offensive line, I I don't love it. it. It's fine, but I don't think it's the biggest challenge Oregon will face this year in that front. I think that Oregon State's offensive line is really good, but their defensive line, not so good. So those are kind of the units that I look at and say, that presents a real challenge. And that's a unit that, from what I've seen, has been excellent uh, for their respective teams. But... Oregon has the opportunity to play better than them. It might just come down to the day, might come down to who's healthy, might come down to the scheme and how the game is, is playing out. But I like what I've seen in the trenches from Oregon on both sides of the football. And we know that's where a lot of the stuff starts. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, go Ducks.